Hello, basketball fans, and welcome to the Dave and Dia podcast. Starting at center from Portland, the wily veteran, Dave Deckard. And at guard from Los Angeles, the patron saint of rainbows and unicorns, your podcast MVP, Dia Miller. Welcome back to the Dave and Dia show, a Blazers Edge podcast. I'm Dia Miller. I'm here with Dave Deckert. We don't have a game tonight. We usually, I feel like lately at least, we've been coming in late after a game, but we had no game tonight. But we had a, quite a, a full week. How are you doing, Dave? Yeah, a lot of stuff happened this week. Two wins, two losses, a lot of news, people in, people out, people out for semi-good or for long periods, people coming back. It's been a really busy week. I still remember two podcasts ago where we were almost like put a period on the end of all the expectations, like who the heck knows what happens from here, but we'll keep watching and see what happens. And a lot of stuff has happened since. So that's, uh, that's the good part about doing this and about following the NBA. Yeah, and it feels like it's been so up and down. And this week, even though it's been eventful, I feel positive. I don't know if that's good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I almost, I, it might be false, but I feel like, I feel like most of what we have to talk about has positive undertones to it. Yeah, well, so that's I mean, good. if you modify the expectations, look, if you were still thinking the Blazers are going to contend in the West, this would be more bleh. But when people aren't playing when young people are developing when draft picks might turn into lottery picks and you're watching for the fun and excitement and the growth curve of it all well yeah it looks a lot different yeah and i think i i think that's where i'm at where i've just kind of adjusted to the fact that we're not going to win a championship this year if we end up in the playoffs that's bonus games that we get to watch but if we don't that's okay I feel hopeful for next season. I, you know, just some things that are happening and hopefully will continue to happen make me hopeful for that. So what that's done for me is it's put me in a spot where I can just sit back and relax and enjoy the good parts of of what we're seeing. And there have been good parts. There has de- has definitely been some good things. Anthony Simons. I mean, Anthony wow, Simons. what a run. I mean, we should probably start there because he has been the story of the last few weeks. Uh, Damian Lillard, of course, has been out uh, for an extended time and will continue to be. Uh, CJ McCollum is out which means not only are both score or both guard spots open for Simons, all the scoring in the backcourt is open, give or take a Norman Powell, and he's been playing well off of Simons. But Simons has really been the one who's come to the fore. And you've seen wonderful hesitation moves and drives. You've seen some pretty good decisions as far as timing. There have been relatively few bad shots or ill-timed plays from him for a player who is just moving into this role. And he's confounded opposing defenses and scored a ton. Three-point shooting is, is great. What not to like i mean he, he's been having a heck of a stretch here yeah he's one of those guys that i think when he was drafted i was really excited about him and and really just kind of waiting to see what he was gonna do and i feel like the last couple of years we've just kind of been waiting and waiting and and we've seen some really good stuff from him but nothing long term or consistent and that's not entirely his fault either because he didn't play a ton under under terry stotts and i don't know how much of that was coaching and how much of that was just development but 
now in in this season with all the injuries and all the COVID issues and things like that, he's getting a lot of playing time. And we've seen this from him before when he's consistently played, when we've had situations where somebody's been injured or whatever and he's gotten more playing time, he's done well. So he really seems to be consistently going out and proving himself to be a reliable player in in a position that he really isn't isn't probably naturally his position uh you know he he's playing point guard for us and i feel like he's more of a shooting guard maybe yeah we had that argument last year and i didn't disagree with you but i think he's this opening up of the entire floor i mean give it you know again don't don't sleep on norman powell he's a significant player but at the same time Norman Powell is not going to come out and dominate and be your number one option every night. He will some nights, but that's not really his thing, which means that wherever he plays, two guard or one guard, functionally, he's a scoring guard who also makes plays. Uh, To wit, uh, we had the Atlanta game that we talked about last week, which was 43 points, and that was huge. But then he went out against Miami, Simons did, and scored... 28, shooting 53% from the field. Had a little bit of an off night against Cleveland. That was kind of a hiccup. Only scored 14 and didn't shoot well. But then bounced right back against the Sacramento Kings. Scored 31. Scored 25 against the Brooklyn Nets. And of course, helped the Blazers win that game. So, I mean, that's just been a really nice showing. And here's the thing. He's not necessarily been consistent shooting. I mean, he's been pretty high from the field overall, but his three-point shooting has been kind of up and down. There have been spectacular nights and a couple of bad ones. But his overall scoring average has remained pretty high. And his contributions outside of that uh, one game against Cleveland have been pretty high. So you're starting to see consistent production from him regardless of other factors, which is is a really nice thing. Now, that said, I mean, we're talking five games, so he needs to put another five onto that at least before we start crowing too hard. But still, a five-game streak is not insignificant for a player of his role and his experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he really is doing well. And I, I forget sometimes that he's only 22. I mean, 22 years old, he's, he's still so young. And so that's promising. And I think that that's exciting in an era where we're seeing kind of the tail end of Dame's prime and, and looking at where do we go from here and, and what's next and things like that. And if we can manage to hold on to, to, to Simons, I think he's going to be somebody that they could build around. Now, I, I don't know that he's necessarily the number one player on a contending team, but I do think that he's somebody that they can put, you know, players that will be an asset to to him and his game, put that around him and 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 create something. Well, that's what's exciting for Simons is that in you know, I root for the team, but I also root for players in general. Right. Not just specific yep. Blazers players, but players who get to make good. Anthony Simons is playing in, in essence, a contract year. He'll go into restricted free agency. And so every spark that he shows is another potential for dollar signs for him, which is actually rough for the Blazers, but I'm super happy for him. And he's certainly getting respect from his teammates and recognition from opponents. And all of this is is to the good. And so, look, again, you mentioned he's really young, still early 20s. What's going to happen in another four years? Now, is he a superstar? I don't know. But 
he's probably going to turn into one of those players where you go, you know what? This guy is good. This guy is really, yeah. really good. And you love to have him on your team because you know you're going to get something that that matters and that uh, few other NBA players can bring in that package. So, yeah, more power to him. And you always like to see guys like this that were drafted in in Portland and are still there. And, and this is all happening in Portland. You know, that's nice to see. It's nice to see that development take place just right before our eyes. It's I mean, regardless, when guys come to the team, you like them and, and you get on board and, and whatever. But it's just there's something especially special about the guys that have been with us from day one. Uh, that's just really cool. So we're, we're getting to see that to happen with Ant and, and Nasir, too. You know, we've gotten this year, too, and and he's had some really good games. We actually have a lot of players that have had good games. And and for us, it was not a, you know, we're at our 50% record again, two losses and two wins. But more than in, in this week since we podcasted, but more than that, the thing that's been really encouraging to me is that even in the losses, they weren't bad losses. We played decently in my opinion in in both the the miami game and the cleveland game i think i like the cleveland one a little better i mean osman said city osman took them out in the fourth quarter and you didn't expect that and of course you would like them to put that flame out as soon as it started and they didn't and there you go but they actually for the lineup they fielded and the the kind of mismatch that cleveland potentially had being much bigger than the blazers the blazers played pretty well they just got outshot at the end and overpowered a little bit at the beginning but it's not entirely unexpected and the and the cavaliers did have to hit shots to win it that's that's what you hope for and uh, you know sacramento they won uh, and of course the brooklyn win was was stirring Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, even if James Harden didn't play, I mean, Kyrie Irving was shaken and bacon, and Durant had uh, 20 in the first half, and the Blazers were still with them. They were within seven at halftime uh, and had led after the first quarter, and then the Blazers kind of took over in the second half. I mean, the the Nets were waiting and saying, you know, we're going to reel them in, we're going to reel them in, and the Blazers were like, you know what, you're not going to reel us in. We're actually going to outwork you and out-hustle you, and they kind of did. A little bit of Anthony Simons on the top of that, a couple other good plays from other players and the Blazers walk away against an Eastern Conference powerhouse and one of the NBA's greatest players ever with a victory. Missing four of their starters. We had Dame was out, CJ was out, Norm was out, and Larry, I guess, technically isn't always a starter, but he was out as well. So the the fact that we did that missing that many you know, key guys on top of it. I was joking that it's such a blazer thing to do. Like, I feel like we've talked about this all the time that they come out and win the ones that are unexpected. But I also, it would not surprise me if during this time that Dame is out, we see some, some of this happen because I think there's a sense in which, first of all, I think there's an underestimation from other teams. I think a team like the Nets comes in thinking, okay, we've got this game in the bag and they let their guard down a little bit. I also think that you have these guys know they need to step up because Dame isn't there. And I, I don't think that this is a lazy team by any stretch of the imagination. But I do think when you have a guy like Dame, it's really easy to become dependent on Dame. And so sometimes I think the rest of the guys don't maybe play to their full potential because because of Dame, because they have him there. And so when he's not there, I think we get a little bit more out of them. And I think that that's part of what we're seeing here as well. We have a lot of talent on this roster. It's just a matter, one, of construction, obviously, and two, you know, things like this. 
Well, I mean, let's talk about the guy who won that Nets game for them, really, which is Robert Covington. And he won it by hitting threes unabashedly, but he also won it uh, by taking Kevin Durant uh, in the fourth quarter. And, you know, nobody's going to tie Durant up. I mean, Durant still scored. But Covington stood in, bumped him, bruised him, stripped the ball, made, made life annoying for Durant. And in doing so, shaved just enough off of his production to keep the win safe. And that, I think, goes right to your point, because Robert Covington was the missing man uh, earlier in the season. There were, he, w- he was not producing in any sense. And, in fact, he was the one who went to the bench, bench for Larry Nance Jr. But all of a sudden, the field clears, and here you go. Uh, he's looking great again. Now... Part of that is positive. Part of that, of course, is problematic because you see that the the players, at least so far, under the system and in the roster as constructed, are not necessarily additive. Like there's a lot of overlap or there's a lot of step stepping back or whatever it is that when you put two and two and two together, it doesn't necessarily equal six. It's equaling about 4.5 because you're not getting full production out of everybody. And I don't know. I don't know if that can be fixed. I I assume some trades and some working out of the roster is going to be necessary in order to, to, to get that done. But you do see, and and, and frankly, it bodes well for trade season too. If other people see that, that as you say, the, the Blazers still have some, something in the cupboard, uh, to play with, and that's pretty critical for their current success and their future prospects. With the Nets game, and, and also I guess we'll jump back a little bit to the Miami game as well, we've had a couple kind of controversies surrounding this team, and, and I feel like that doesn't happen often with, with the Blazers. They're pretty calm, cool, collected overall. Uh, but going back first to the Miami game, there was a situation with Tyler Hero and Nurkic um, where Nurkic set a, a, a screen and Tyler Hero kind of bounced off of him. Uh, Nurkic turned and, and rolled to the to the basket and, and Tyler came up behind him and shoved him. And Nurkic turned around and started kind of going after him and they held him back and Nurkic didn't land a punch, but he did land a flat hand to Tyler Hero's forehead. And it has been an interesting, you know, <laughs> this is just, it's not, we don't see this brawling type stuff happen very often. Okay, you know, he wasn't really pie-facing him, dear. He was checking Hero for Nurk fever. He was just feeling the forehead there. Right. Like, you know. <laughs> right. So, just, just checking in on him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Hero did not have it at that point. Uh, I don't think he was very happy with Nurkic. But, I mean, the hard screen is cool. That's fine. Although Nurkic, you always wonder because he commits unnecessary fouls when his head is not in the game. But that was not one of them. Uh, The fact that it was a blind screen really mattered more than anything because Nurk did that little lean-in, just a fraction of an inch, where you catch the point of the shoulder of a seven-footer, which is no laughing matter. It's like hitting a a, a calf thigh (laughs) just upside your sternum. And then Hero went down and then gave chase, which was kind of silly as well because it wasn't really Nurkic's fault. It was the fault of Hero's teammate probably for not calling out that screen, if anything. Uh, And and then, of course, the scuffle that wasn't a scuffle. And yeah, it's not a big deal, but I guess it's nice to see some spirit, (laughs) some some fight in this team, for lack of a better word, even if it is kind of wah-wah-wah in terms of effect or whatever. Glad he wasn't suspended. But, I mean, it was... These are the kind of things where you go, that's interesting in a season where not much else is. And, hey, you know, again, 
Go for it, Nurk. He's like, say this. When Nurk's in a game, he gets really into the game. He's still into this. Yeah. I don't think he cares about the season arc or whatever. Like he wants to play well, and when he gets a lot of touches and plays really hard, he nothing's going to stop him. He's going to go all in on this. Yeah, it was definitely something to watch it unfold. Uh, not not a not a cool move on on Tyler Hero's part to come after him and and hit him from behind. You know, I, I mean, if you if you're going to have issue and and you're going to, you know, have a fight on the court fine do it but make sure that the other person knows that there's a fight going on <laughs> don't 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 hit him from behind uh you know we're we're watching that unfold in another situation where everybody kind of thought he would be who uh, i'm trying to think of who it was morris was it morris that got hit in the back and he like oh. everybody thought it wasn't going to be by the by Jokic. West- well, there was also that Westbrook incident like last year. Uh, well, so, shoved Chris Paul in the back. Was it Westbrook or was someone else? Like I don't remember, decked? but I, I know I I know this season that whole thing happened. I want to say it was Jokic and Morris, and Jokic shoved him in the back, and everybody was kind of giving him a hard time for acting like he was hurt, but he's been out for like. 30 games or something ridiculous like that so you know those kinds of things are are you don't want to get into that but anyway everybody's okay they were both fined which i find interesting you know since nurk didn't start it but i mean i don't i don't know i don't know we won't get into that i guess yeah i mean and find only twenty five thousand, which is funny because in nba terms it's only twenty five thousand. for the rest of us that's you know three quarters of a car so right, right. Just like that would, <laughs> half that a would, year's salary that would yeah that would change a lot of lives out here but uh yeah. yeah exactly so it wasn't all's well that ends well and thank goodness nobody was really hurt and hey when miami and portland play again now they have something to go at. and maybe uh, yeah. they'll put hero on nurk let him defend nurkic let's see yeah. the hero said a screen on Nurkic and see what happens. <laughs> I said on Twitter that when that happened, you know, I, I said that Portland has just uh, has just had a new villain um, in Tyler Hero now, and you know, there's there's something about Portland, and it was it was funny because I said there's something about Portland fans where they love you endlessly, almost to delusion, but if you cross them. They do not forgive. <laughs> um, you know, we we see that happen. And a lot of the comments were really funny. You know, people talking about Ariza and how mad they were when he came to Portland because of his history with the team. And oh yeah, well he uh, what he did to Rudy Fernandez is knocked him out of the sky from behind. That was no joke. That was just terrible. Watching it, you're going, oh my gosh. You know, Rudy. If, if Rudy doesn't get up, you wouldn't be entirely surprised. And so that was that was a cheap move because Fernandez, right. as I recall, was either in the air or close to it. And there was really serious stuff. This was JV level by comparison. But still, I mean, we don't need another hero. A villain would be great. So if we got one, that's that's another reason to, you know, let's get a rivalry going. And hey, if you can't get Spolster and Riley from Miami, at least maybe you can get some adrenaline. Yeah, for sure. So that takes us then to the the Nets rivalry, I suppose we can say. There was a situation where there was a, a stray ball and Kyrie was kind of going after, I say kind of, because he wasn't really rushing massively. And Nasir just booked it and tried to get the ball, dove on the ground, almost had it actually, if you look at the pictures of it. And in the process kind of tumbled through Kyrie's legs and Kyrie called him out in the post press conference saying that it was 
unnecessary and that there was no room for that here. And I feel like the those are harsh comments. You know, it, yes, it, it it was not it was not something that was you know called a flagrant or a, a technical foul. It wasn't anything that that Nasir was penalized for. Um, and there's a reason for that. There's a, you know there are rules to keep the players safe, but there are also risks that happen in this game. It's a risk every time you dunk a ball and you don't know what you're going to land on. It's a risk every time a guy goes up to block another guy. All of these things. I mean, apparently for Tyler Hero, it's a risk if Yusuf Nurkic sets a screen on him. Like there there are risks within this game that happen. And I think in a situation like that, for for uh, Kyrie to call him out like that was was a little bit unfair. Wherever you fall on on the issue of that the fact that he he could have he could have handled that differently and that was frustrating so that has been a little bit of a controversy in the last couple days here well no actually i agree completely with Kyrie irving if you if you have a choice to keep other players on the court safe or imperil them you should probably choose to keep them safe and do everything in your power to make sure that no one around you gets hurt or injured or ill in a way that might take them out of the game for, you know, a game or 10 days, uh, perhaps. And if you don't take every precaution in the course of play on that court with your fellow NBA members, then yeah, I think you are being kind of a jerk. And uh, I would say that is not something you should do, Kyrie Irving, and I completely agree with you. So I'm sure that everybody who takes the floor for the Brooklyn Nets at home or away will certainly be doing everything they can to make sure that no bad things befall teammates or opponents and that's all i got to say about that this vaccination commercial brought to you by dave deckard oh, no, no, um, no, i must just agree with Kyrie. i didn't say it i didn't say yeah. thing about yeah no the vaccines oh no that's 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 a personal choice i'm sure yeah and you know we, we we don't need to worry about other people when making that choice but you know uh diving for a loose ball boy that's super critical so yeah watch out there nasir you might get spittle on you and then you're out for 10 days yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not touching that. But Nasir's nor dad... nor should Nasir Little be touching that. Nasir Little's dad tweeted something about it, just kind of defending his son and, and feeling frustrated with it. And and it's one of those things that I, I... The reason I bring that up is because I think any reminder we have that these people are human beings, they have families, and, and they have feelings, I think that's always important to, to remember. Yeah, but I want to introduce Kyrie Irving to Jerome Kersey. I mean, let's, you know, let's look up some Jerome Kersey, Xavier McDaniel, or Jerome Kersey, Kenny Norman tapes, and let's see what happened on the floor there. And you know what? I'm not an advocate. I'm not the old school guys. Oh, they used to fight. No, it, was, it was better. It wasn't better. But you know what? What Nasir Little did was dive for a damn loose ball. And right. that's what he is supposed to do. That's his motor if you don't like it and you're in the way go faster and get the ball so it's not loose otherwise that ball get out of the way till it goes out of bounds yeah exactly or get out of the way and the fact is that Kyrie's he's gone diving for balls in his career too I'm sure I I'm I well maybe he hasn't but he should have that's part of the game 
So, you know, it is what it is. And ultimately for me, uh, there's a lot of issues surrounding this. The biggest one to me is I was disappointed in how Kyrie responded to it. I feel like, you know, being asked a question like that, you have choices about how you're going to respond. And he could have very easily said, you know, we're lucky nobody got hurt. Uh, it threw me off a little. Sure. If he wanted to bring that up, he could have, and he could have done it in a way that was still respectful. But this is the 632nd most disappointing thing Kyrie Irving has done this year. So, I mean, what do you expect? CJ McCollum has been out uh, because of his lung. However, it is now reported that he is healthy again. He's ready to go, but he's waiting the birth of his child, waiting for the birth of his child. So he's not coming back until his child is born, which, you know, makes sense. Yeah, I like it. In fact, have another one right away. Just go ahead and because we would need lottery picks. So like if there's a way to turn that around, like a three month gestation period, I am all for it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I am actually glad that he's able to do that. And it works yeah. out. It's funny how things work out. Because had the yeah. situation been different, he might not have been able to do that, and there might be so much more at stake. But that the Blazers are having a really rough season, and he gets to see the birth of his child. I'm all for both of those dovetails yeah. together, and, and that's fine. Yeah, I agree. The timing on it worked out really well. It's nice that he can be home with his wife, you know, as she's getting ready for this and 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 he can be there and not miss that. Because I can't imagine how much stress goes into knowing that your kid is about to be born and having to get on a plane for a day or two or whatever to go play a game across the country, knowing that that's when your child could be born. That's got to be stressful, I, I'm sure. So it's nice that it worked out this way. I mean, obviously, they do everything they can to get those guys back when something like that is going on. And they're not going to fault them for missing a game. But it's a little more relaxed this way for them so that's nice speaking of that Damian Lillard is not traveling with the team currently because of his injury he missed he's missed four games now and then now he is about to miss six games on the road he will not be joining the team for their six game road trip um, he's going to be meeting with a specialist we don't know the extent of what that means if that's something that they can do like physical therapy if it's a surgery type situation we don't know that hasn't been released um, but there has definitely been talk about, you know, sitting him for a large portion of the season to get him healthy, whatever that looks like. Um, you know, I think we kind of talked about this in the last episode and and what our thoughts are, were on that. So I don't think it's worth getting into fully again. But no, but 10 games is, is a large portion of the season. And it's I'm, I'm guessing it might even be more. Uh, I think yeah. that things are coming down the pike. Probably that will be decision points for him several uh if, if this injury is nagging uh and how the team is doing again all stars are pointing toward him not playing and including i mean it's hard to argue that this isn't good for anthony simons uh, and some other players by the way who are getting run and more touches because he's not on the floor and that's nothing against lillard it's just the natural order of things i mean you think yusuf nurkic isn't getting i mean i think he'd probably rather have dame on the floor than not i'm sure don't want to put words in his mouth but you know the silver lining is he's getting more touches robert covington getting to shine a little bit more although that again is front court injuries but still i mean are those shots available if dame is on the floor maybe not and if dame and cj are on the, are on the floor almost certainly not so look there's just go with the silver linings in everything and the season is going to be okay 
Yeah. And I mean, speaking of that too, we've also got Norm has been out for health and safety protocols. I'm not sure exactly how much longer he has, but I know he's been out for a little while. I don't know how that works if they're on health and safety protocols. I would imagine if the team's going on a road trip and and that that's up during that road trip, they would join them wherever they're at. I, I would imagine. Right. And the period has been shortened and you can come back with negative tests and be all right with all that stuff so yeah the period is more variable now than it used to be we don't know when norm will be back here's what we do know first of all he was playing pretty well with simons i mean that was actually a pretty good uh backcourt and they would take turns i mean norm at first came out first and then simons came out after him but then it kind of inverted and norm became the outlet and he was good at it watching him play more shooting guard is comforting and i think it's certainly more comfortable to have him in that position and Nasir Little on the floor uh, than it is to have Norm at the small forward, in my opinion. I think that's where it's going to lie going forward. Not that that's going to change necessarily this year, but if he's here for five years, I don't see him playing small forward for five years. And it's fun to watch him play his natural position to get those shots and especially to get those drives uh, working off of the floor spacing that the other players are providing for him. That's one of the things that is nice about everything that's going on is we might get to see some shifting. There are players that I think could serve the team really well if they shifted um, and and played slightly different. We've talked about that a little bit before, but but that's a, that's a good point with Norm. It'll be interesting to see because my guess is he's probably not going anywhere this year. But um, it would be nice if we could if we could kind of shift things around. Him yeah, a little I can't bit. imagine there's any thought of moving Norm at this point. Well, first of all, that contract is, is too long. They wouldn't have signed him for that if they didn't want to keep him. But also, it just makes too much sense to have him in right. the backcourt almost no matter who's there. Even if it's Ant, if you let's play fantasy world where you trade Dame and CJ for whatever ungodly reason, and it's just Anthony Simons there, you anticipate Norm being alongside him as the best possible match for him. The only way it doesn't work is if you kept CJ and Norm. And I don't see that happening frankly, at this point. I just think that train has gone pretty far into the tunnel and the caboose is coming up. Now, I don't I don't think CJ gets moved at the trade deadline, but I would be really surprised at this point if there wasn't serious McCollum talk over the summer. It's just a matter of what the price will be, and that's the big variable. That's the scary one for the Blazers, but uh, you know, Norman Powell waiting there, you can't not play him, and so I think that that's at this point, I won't say it's a done deal, but it's a strong possibility. We are starting to get guys back. You know, we've got Cody Zeller's back now. Larry Nance Jr. is out. Well, let's but... not, let's not uh, gloss over that. I mean, Cody Zeller's actually played some pretty valuable minutes. And it's a yeah. big, big, big difference having another true center in there behind Nurkic. Because, I mean, Larry Nance Jr. can play it and does. But he's a little out of position and especially trying to integrate with what's going on here. It's a tough ask for him. Yeah, Cody Zeller has been a bigger difference maker than I expected. Um, I, I feel like he's been a really good addition to this team, and and part of why I think the bench has been such a solid unit uh, is is having him there. I think he makes a huge difference. Yeah, all of a sudden there are sure rebounds. There are low post shots or offensive rebound putbacks. There's a little bit of defense inside that is solid. Not that, again, Nance Jr. is a good defender, but he's more mobile. And he's, you know, he's like liquid. He's going to run past you uh, and try to disrupt. He's not going to stand in there uh, or you're just going to splash him. So Zeller more stands in there and it does make a, a huge difference, I think. Now, 
Is it the difference between winning and losing? No, it is not. But it it makes the other bench players look subtly better because they don't have to rotate quite so far and they know they've got a nice backstop behind them. Yeah, he's been great. He's been really good for us. Another one that's been really good for us has been Dennis Smith Jr., whose contract is now guaranteed um, for the rest of the season. So that's kind of a nice thing, I think, for, for him, obviously. But he's fit in really well, and he's had some really good games where he's really contributed. So I'm glad to see that. I'm glad to see that he's going to stick around. He's worked hard to get to where he's at, you know, coming in from from the summer team and and making his way up to to where he is. I think that's really good. And he's getting some solid minutes as well. So this is the season, man. If if you are a, an aspiring NBA player, this is the season because the these guys that maybe normally wouldn't get a second look uh, or would be at the end of the bench are really getting a, an opportunity to shine. And I think it's a good reminder that, you know, the, the worst guy on any NBA team is still a skilled basketball player. And a lot of these guys really just don't get a chance to show off what they can do because they're sitting at the end of a bench versus getting to play. And, and obviously somebody has to do it, but there's still very, very, a lot of very, very, a lot. This is good English. There's still a lot of talent, uh, even on the end of, of a roster. Well, and these players were much good before, <laughs> very much good. I mean, uh, they, they, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. has had moments, and Ben McLemore has had moments in their NBA yeah. careers. And they're both getting uh, kind of a little bit of a reincarnation or resurrection with Chauncey uh, and with the Blazers here. And you can tell. I mean, again, there's this line across the team that's, like, really evident of players who are, like, no matter what the coach is, I'm going to listen. No matter what the game is, I'm going to go out and play hard. No matter what the expectations are, I've got to carve out a career here or do something. And it's the young players and the end of the bench players. And you see them putting in a lot of energy. And Ben McLemore has been fantastic. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. has also been really good. And they've kind of taken their opportunities. But then you've got the guys who are more at the top and more adjusting, and they're, they're certainly better players, and they're not, they're, it's not even their attitude that's worse. It's just that there's a chemistry thing going on here. It feels like there's a difference between coming into the season expecting to win and thinking, wow, this is different, and what do we do, versus coming into the season expecting to have to fight for your position, getting a chance to, and doing yeah. it. Those are two different things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there are certain players that thrive in that environment as well that you know, I, I've wondered that with Anthony a little bit that, you know, he's he's in a position of pressure, essentially, although also on the flip side of that, it's also kind of relaxed because it's not like we are really looking at contending for a championship. So there's not quite as much pressure in that sense, but he's done really well in those circumstances. And I think some of these guys, you put them in a pressure cooker situation where, you know, it, it's it's perform now while you're getting a chance and, and secure your future here or go home. And we're seeing them really, really come out and play hard. Well, and, I, and I feel like he's been one of those. Dennis Smith has been one of those. So, yeah, I think Smith and McLemore a little bit more than Simons. That Simons has done it too. But Simons is a little bit more of favored son you know bring, bringing him up you know he's going to have that slot and especially Billups made that clear right so there was a spot prepared for him he's going to get the chance to exercise uh, it and it's not that he's not going to get pulled if he's playing poorly he is but there's going to always going to be another chance for him and there's going to be that space for him to occupy no matter what because he is Anthony Simons and he does have that potential and he's young and the team acknowledges it 
whereas that's not as guaranteed for Dar- Dennis Smith Jr. or Ben McLemore. Right, right. So they're like sneaking in a smaller space that's only going to be open for a moment. They're like the Millennium Falcon, like flying sideways out the Death Star, closing doors and going, yeah, I made it out. Whereas <laughs> Simons is kind of like, you know what, I can land and take off here anytime I want uh, because, you know, I'm Vader Jr. So, uh, you know, it, but your point is well taken that all of them, I think, are taking advantage of the opportunity no matter what what yeah. shape it is and when it is, which is good to see. So Larry Nance Jr., I started to mention this earlier and then we kind of got sidetracked, but Larry Nance Jr. is, it got injured. Uh, it's thankfully not anything serious. It, it We weren't, I wasn't sure watching him leave. I thought, oh boy, this can't be good. But it, it was not a serious injury. Um, so they're waiting on him, I believe, to be reevaluated. And then, and I, I think we were talking before that he may be in protocols as well, but uh, I'm not I'm not sure on that. So, yeah, he would have by the time people hear this, he probably would have exited those. Yeah. So but the injury. Yeah, I was glad. First of all, I saw him come down. I went, oh, that's not good. And then they said, no, knee. they said knee and it looked like ankle. And when you're thinking ankle and they say knee, you're going, oh, no, because yeah, that's not great. Yeah, no, because like you're looking like you're hobbling on that ankle and twisted it and it's worse. So uh, I, I'm glad that he's apparently going to be okay and of course the Blazers do need that depth in the front court and you know maybe with Zeller in the lineup then Nance Jr. can have a little different role off the bench and do a Robert Covington and kind of come with a mid-season spurt here. Yeah it's it's definitely there's a lot to look forward to a lot that we can focus on that is really positive amidst um, you know a, a slow sinking ship I guess uh, a ship that is trying to sink, but we're all grabbing buckets and shoveling water out. It's quickly. struggling to port. That's that's the way to put it. It's not <laughs> like sinking. It's not like dead. But you know what? Right. This isn't going to make it to its original destination, and it's crawling into port, just trying to stay afloat. That's a better analogy. There are a couple other fun highlights just to kind of end things on. One, the first all-star vote uh, has come in and Damian Lillard is eighth in the West for guards, which is really pretty miraculous considering he's barely played this season. And, and when he has, he's struggled obviously through an injury. So the fact that he still is pulling eighth in the West for guards is a testament to how well liked he is. um, And just, you know, his, his abilities in general, people expect that he's good and so they vote for him anyway, even though he has not really played to that level this season. I agree, but it also throws into relief the time. I think a lot of times he's been like sixth or seventh or eighth when he was having fantastic seasons. So it's like, I think it almost more says there's only a certain number of people who will pay attention to Portland for any reason during the regular season. And uh, that amount is going to remain pretty steady no matter what happens. You got to remember, Lillard may get grandfathered in here to the All-Star game, but that's fine because he was excluded earlier in his career when he probably should have made it a couple times. And he's certainly still scoring the right amount of points, at least. And even if he's injured and can't do it or it's not the same, it's still okay for him to get that nod because, you know, he was looking up at other players for whom the same thing happened when he was young. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, it's it's fun to watch Portland uh, fans just really come together and try to get him in there. I think that's always really cool. Um, you know, he's he's very well deserving of that. I always get nervous when we have players playing in the All-Star game because <laughs> of injury. So it'll be interesting, you know, to see where he lands on that. But it's definitely something that I think, you know, he will continue to be deserving of. We'll see. We'll see where that goes. The other kind of big thing I guess we can kind of end it on unless there's something else you want to talk about is um, Blazers Edge Night at the Moda Center. This is something I have not been a part of, but it's a really cool event that's happening on Monday, March 28th. It'll be the game against Oklahoma City Thunder. Essentially what happens here, maybe Dave, you should you can kind of touch on this, but essentially what happens here is we are partnering with Moda Center and the opportunity is there to send 2000 children to this game. They don't have to pay for the tickets. The tickets are donated. You all can be a part of that by going to the website. There's information on blazersedge.com. You can see um, in how to do this, but we get to sponsor kids to go. And, and for a lot of kids, this may be their first chance to go to a blazer game and maybe their only chance, depending on circumstance. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's easy when you are a fan who is able to go to games it's easy to forget how much of a privilege that really is. And um, so this is a really cool opportunity. I love this. I love that Blazer's Edge does this. I, I think it's such a cool thing. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this. I'm planning to come up if I can swing it. I'm going to come up and go to the game. Dave, are you going up? Are you going to be up there for that? I will almost certainly be there. I mean, you know, obviously COVID, nobody makes plans anymore firmly. But uh, yes, if if it's at all safe, uh, and possible, I certainly will. We're presuming it will because we're sending the kids and we did that after a lot of thought and discussion and what have you. Uh, so we'll presume that the arena will also be all right for us. And if that is so, then I will be there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it's going to be a really cool thing, you know, to, to get to see. And It is amazing. Uh, it's really fantastic. And even in an off year, and maybe especially in an off year, to see that unbridled excitement uh, especially when the Blazers do well. I mean, our, every dunk evokes enormous cheers. And, and the littlest things that you don't like a, a, a popcorn vendor or uh, a dot game on the scoreboard or the halftime act are all bigger deals somehow through the eyes of someone who's excited and who is just drinking in the experience. And you go, you know what? I just, I just take that for granted. Or I just, I'm like, ah, stup another stupid game on the Jumbotron. No, it, it actually, you know, it can mean something if you get into it. And that night we all get into it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, when I started with Blazer's Edge, it was in, it was right at the beginning of COVID. So none of this in-person stuff had started. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think it'll be really good. And this will be the first time I've been to the Moda Center. I went as a kid, but it wasn't the Moda Center. So I'm, I'm excited about that. But really, just the opportunity to, to give back and, and to do that is really cool. So if you want to be a part of this, you can go to the website. You can sponsor tickets. There are tickets that were purchased before everything shut down for COVID that are going to be honored. So we already have, I believe it's like 1,600 tickets or something like that. Yeah, close um, to 1,700. But there are about 400 more available to donate. And you just go to the group website and you use our promo code and those are automatically donated as soon as you buy them using that promo code you don't have to worry about a thing it's just like you bought them for yourself except you bought them for the kids 
I'd encourage any of you who are listening, if if you are able to donate something like that, um, you know, jump on that and and be a part of of getting these kids to a game. And um, and if you're at the game, let us know. Hopefully, we can, you know. Oh yeah, people always come up. People come up and say hey and stuff like that, and it's fun. It's kind of fun if you wear a Blazers Edge T-shirt or something like that. People will usually stop you on the street and say hey or whatever, and it's it's a nice thing. Not that I don't always, but. Uh, it's fun, the community that's been built around the website, but also that we have a chance to share and give away some of that to people beyond us is fantastic. Yeah, that's all I got. We we really flew through a lot in that short time, um, but well, we, a lot going on. Yeah, exciting week, and hopefully next week will be just ex- exciting. The road trip begins. You used to think that was a bummer because the Blazers were so good at home and not good on the road, but not anymore. Now they're not good anywhere. So, uh, I mean, you two and two, 500, 500 road trip would be fantastic. That's and, not, and I don't think that's, that's not not good. That's no, no, I mean, I think that that's, decent. you know what I mean? They're, they're, I think they're agnostic. Uh, in terms of they're a young team now, they're kind of playing broken lineups. It's not going to matter as much, I think, whether they're at home or on the road. They're going to play the game they play on a given night, which when you were whatever it was, some ungodly 1-11 or 1-12 or whatever it was on the road, playing however you play on a given night and flipping a coin is actually a significant improvement. So I'm kind of looking forward to this road trip because I think they might actually get a win or two. I'm not sure it will come on night one against Denver, but I think that they will have a better time on this trip than they did on the early season ones, actually. Yeah, it'll it'll be an entertaining trip for sure. Well, we will see you again next week for Dia Miller. I'm Dave Deckard, and we hope your week is full of wonderful basketball and that life is good. A hater sees an opening down the lane, moves towards the hoop, but then Dia comes out of nowhere to swap the shot attempt away, saying, get that weak stuff out of here. Dave scoops up the loose ball. Now it's a fast break the other way with Dia. She's flying down the court. Dave sends her an alley-oop. She jams it. Boom, shakalaka. Cloud is on his feet saluting Dia. I tell you, if she isn't the rookie of the year, they really ought to just stop giving the award. What a talent!